we serve a risen Savior. And I'll tell you, I get excited thinking about what the Lord did, how, yes, he came, he lived, and he died, but he rose from the grave. And so we have, a, we have the joy tonight to look at yet another portion. And so if you would turn with me, we've been in Luke chapter 2, but tonight we're going to be over in Matthew's gospel record. And so if you would go to Matthew chapter 1 tonight, Matthew chapter 1, and I've entitled our message tonight, The Christmas Journey. The Christmas Journey. And you know, when I got to thinking about this passage and, and the Christian life, and many describe the Christian life as a journey. And there's three aspects. Uh, you find this when you study the life of Christ as he came into this world, he lived. That Jesus asked his disciples and those that followed him to do three things. One was he asked them to follow him. Remember what he told his disciples? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So he told them that he wanted them to follow him. Secondly, watch this, that as we follow him, what happens? We identify with him. For instance, when people get saved, they trust Christ as their Savior. The next step in the life of a believer is scriptural baptism. So when a person gets baptized, what are they doing? Well, yes, they're going through a a, a, a body of water, whether it's a baptistry or maybe in a river or an ocean, wherever they may be, they, they, are, they are identifying as they go into that water, come up out of that water, they're identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. They're identifying with the teachings of Jesus. We call that doctrine. So you find Jesus stressing that he wants us to follow him, and as we follow him, we identify with him. And then the third thing was, is that many of those that followed him and identified with him, that eventually they believed on him and they believed in him. Remember many times with his disciples, how that they were saved, they were saved men, but there were times where Jesus said, O oh, ye of little faith. You see, many times, like us, their faith in him wasn't what it should be, wasn't to the degree. They asked him, Lord, increase our faith. My faith is not as big as it should be. And when we think of all this about this matter of following the Lord and identifying with him and believing in him, we see the same thing in Matthew chapter 1. In the Christmas story, according to Matthew's record, notice what the Bible says in verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, or it was in this manner, it was in this fashion, and here it is, here's the account. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, the old the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, 
For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. So we see this passage here, how through all of this, and it says the birth of Jesus was on this wise. We're going to look at this journey, the Christmas journey, how this journey for Mary and Joseph, it involved following the Lord. They had to follow the Lord every step of the way. As we consider their journey, you think about what God's given to us, the life that God has given to you. You see them and just a, a modern day picture, making that journey, following the Lord every step of the way. The very best journeys for life and really for eternal life are the journeys where we too, like Mary and Joseph, follow the Lord every step of the way. Their journey led them from Nazareth to Bethlehem. You see there on the map how they left where they did. It was not a small journey. Uh, many estimate about 80 miles. I've heard anywhere from 80 to 85 or so miles that they traveled. Can I remind you, she was with child. Can I remind you, they didn't have air conditioning and the modern conveniences. No doubt she was riding, Joseph was walking. Maybe the animal from time to time could handle both of them. I don't know. But it had to take quite a while for them to make this journey. And as they made that journey, Jesus made that journey with them. Think about even after that, the journey that Jesus took himself, that he was born in Bethlehem, the city you see there with the star. But Jesus' journey didn't take him from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It took him from Bethlehem to Calvary. Jesus, too, made a journey. He made that journey where he would shed his blood for all of mankind, for our sins. Aren't you glad Jesus made that journey? That he was willing. Jesus didn't stop short of the cross. Mary and Joseph, they were told by the Lord, that they would bring a child into this world and that that child that they would bring into this world would be a savior. I mean, every mother thinks that their child is just the greatest. I mean, it could be the ugliest child born and that mother thinks it's the most handsome baby ever. But they, said, they were told that you are going to give birth to a son who is going to be a savior that will save the world from their sins. Talk about pressure. I mean, I'd have been probably, if I was Joseph, I'd have thought of myself. I'd have thought, if he's my son, he's not going to be perfect. 
You know, it's, it's, it's a sad indictment on parents when your children grow up and you see them acting the way that, that they do and they, you can't blame anybody but yourself because they're acting just like you acted. They learned that. That's that inherited nature. But see, there was something different about Jesus. Jesus wasn't Joseph's son. He was the son of God. And I see this journey how we celebrate at Christmas time where Jesus left heaven and he came to this earth. That's where the journey for him began. This journey was made by God. It was made by the God-man. Heaven came down to us. And I think of a journey, a journey involves a choice. You know, if you're going to take a trip, you're going to, some of you said you're going to go out of town. No doubt you're going to choose a destination, a place that you would go to, and that would be your destination for your journey. And then you would think about, now who am I going to go with? Who's going to be my traveling partner? And then you would think about other things along the way. And once you got all of that together, made all those choices about the journey, you would head on your journey towards your destination. A journey involves a choice. Mary had a choice in her life when she was instructed by the angel Gabriel. Luke chapter 1, verse 38, Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, and look at this, Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Mary said, I don't understand it. I don't know how it's possible. I've never been with a man. But she said, God, if this is what you want, I will follow you on this journey. You think of the same thing that you see in Matthew 1 and verse 24, where it talks about Joseph, how we read he was raised from sleep. And look at this, he did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And he took unto him his wife. He thought about putting her away. He didn't want to make her. He loved her. He didn't want to make a public example. That was a serious thing. For a woman to be found with a child outside of wedlock, he thought for a while, what do I do? How do I handle this? He thought about, well, maybe I'll just put her away privately, just privily where nobody else will really know what happened. I mean, that was showing how much Joseph loved her. But see, he understood that he had a choice. He made a choice. The journey involves choices. But what are those choices? Notice, I want you to see, first of all tonight, as I mentioned just a minute ago, the first choice is that just like Mary and Joseph, we too need to follow God's plan. Following God's plan is a choice. Now you remember, look here, here's the key. It's God's plan. How many of you think God's plan is better than your plan? (laughs) If you didn't raise your hand, you're a fool. God has a much better plan than you do. A lot of times we try to orchestrate. Look, No matter how hard I try, it's wrong of me to manipulate the scriptures to get them to say what I want them to say. By the way, if I did that, we wouldn't call ourselves a church, we would call ourselves a cult. I've had people come and they've said, 
You know what I like about your church? When I come, I hear the Bible. Last time I checked, I think that's what a church should be doing. We need to be following God's plan. Now, you know, the, the problem with, with that is, is that oftentimes when we find out what God's plan is, it's, it's totally different from what our plan is. And so we decide, well, I like my plan better. But see, Mary and Joseph, Joseph didn't understand. He, he thought, how can I, she's with child. How am I going to handle this? Mary thought, look, what am I going to do? I mean, before long, I'm going to start showing. And she said these words, be it unto me. God, I'll follow your plan. I don't understand it, but every step of the way, Mary and Joseph, they made a choice, and their choice was they were going to honor God, and they were going to obey God, and they were going to follow God's direction for their journey. I'm glad, and I, if I got my sweet wife and stood her right next to me tonight, I won't. But she'd probably tell you the same thing. We are where we are today because we follow God's plan for our lives. So many people are not where they should be, not where God intends for them to be because they're not following God's plan. The Christmas story stands as a great example for us as we are on this journey of life, the Christian life, and heading toward eternal life that God wants us, just like Mary and Joseph, to honor him, obey him, and follow him. And because they followed God's direction, think about this, because they did what God asked them to do, we have a Savior tonight. Because they did it God's way. We need to follow God on our journey of life. And if you want to take a journey that <clears throat> will ultimately lead you and lead me to heaven, then what we need to do, not just during this Christmas season, but every day of our life, is we have to determine that we are going to follow God's plan for our lives. For years, I was part of a Bible college setting and it was all, the big question was always this around high school going into Bible college. What's God's will for my life? Now there's some easy given things. God's will is for you to be saved. God's will is for you to follow him. God's will is for you to read his word. God's will is for you to witness to others about him. There are many things I could say that God's will is, like you're doing tonight, is to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Those are all God's will. That's God's plan. God has a plan for the church that he wants us to go to those that don't know him and to see them saved and to see them baptized and to see them being taught the word of God. You see, God has a plan. We need to follow God's plan. I love what Paul in his life when he was on the road to Damascus and he was going to uh, persecute more people that were Christians. And as the Lord met him there on the road to Damascus, he learned how important it was to make a choice, and that was to follow God's plan instead of his own plan. And look at this verse. I always look at this verse and think about his life early on as a Christian, how the Bible says he trembling and astonished said, what's the next word after the word said? What is it? Lord. See, 
if you acknowledge him for who he is, and that is Lord, then the next step's going to be in the right direction. He said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? What's your plan? Remember what the thief on the cross said? He said, Lord, remember me. You see, if he is your Lord and Savior, then just like Mary and Joseph, I mean, we're not in the Christmas story, but you're on the journey of your life just like they were on the journey of their life many years ago. And what you ought to be saying in your heart is, God, help me to follow your plan. Help me not to manipulate, to make it what I want it to be. But help me to do thine will. See, the first thing I see about this journey, this Christmas journey, was they were following God's plan. And following God's plan is a choice. But it didn't end with following because they were willing to follow. Now, as they followed, notice, secondly, they were identifying with God's purpose. See, when we identify with God's purpose, it too is a choice. Remember what Peter did when Jesus was on trial? Do you remember what he did? He was warming his hands by the fire. Somebody said, hey, listen, you're with Jesus. What did he do? He denied. He literally, in his own words, said, I, I, I don't know who you're talking about. Probably the one thing in Peter's life that he probably struggled with after he got his heart right with God was every morning when he heard the rooster go, it was a constant reminder. Peter got right with God. God used him on the day of Pentecost. See, if we're going to follow God's plan, we've got to identify with God's purpose. That's a choice that we make. And as we allow God to lead in our lives, as look here, as we say, lead me, O Lord, what is God going to do? God's going to show you what his purpose is. I saved you. I've asked you to follow me. Here's the purpose. Look, I believe in this with all my heart because it's Bible, folks. When God saved you, he left you here for a reason. God has a purpose for your life. And as I think about this, God's purpose in the Christmas story for Joseph, you know what it was? To take Mary to be his wife. That was God's purpose. Joseph, you don't need to overthink it. Don't need to analyze it. Just understand this is my purpose. And I'm sure that for Joseph and for Mary, they were probably shocked at what had happened. She had been overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. She was with child. The Bible says in Matthew 1.19, Joseph, her husband, being a just man. The Bible describes him as a just man. And he was not willing to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away privily. He was thinking about, how can I avoid a public scandal? And God said to Joseph, I want you, Joseph, to just trust me. Understand my purpose. Luke one thirty five. the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. 
Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. God was showing Joseph what the purpose of his life was. The Bible says, I read it earlier, Joseph being raised from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And he took Mary in her, in her pregnant way. He took her to be his wife. I think a lot of people go along with the material aspects of what Christmas brings. But when I think about Joseph, the man that he was, the Bible describes him as a just man, not willing to make her an example out of her. I think Joseph wasn't just going along with the aspects of the Christmas story. I think Joseph was, I know Joseph was identified with God's purpose for his life. And that purpose was ultimately, although he had nothing to do with it, he was going to be a part of God bringing his son into this world, that God was going to send a savior for all of mankind, including Joseph. And what I see is that Joseph was not only following God's plan, he, he said, look, okay, God, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. But then he began to identify with God's purpose when he took Mary to be his wife. His purpose involved this, and, and it, it went farther than that because although he took Mary to be his wife, she eventually gave birth to that child. And then what did Joseph do? Well, Joseph helped raise the child. Jesus was in his home. What was Joseph by trade? He was a carpenter. Joseph was a, a man that worked with his hands. I believe from the scriptures he was probably an honest man, a hardworking man. You know, to me, I, I look at Mary's life, and the Bible doesn't teach us to worship Mary. But I believe that Mary was a chosen vessel, and there was a reason God chose her. I believe the same thing about Joseph. I'm not putting him on a pedestal. I'm just saying that Joseph was a man identifying with God's plan of raising Jesus in the human sense. And we understand, as you look in the Word of God, that the Bible teaches that Jesus was 100% God. Let me stop here for a second. Would you say it would be fair to say that Joseph knew that there was something different about Jesus because Mary had never been with any man, but yet she was with child? Would you say that? And because the angel of the Lord came to Joseph and told Joseph what he was told of the Lord, the messenger of God came to him and told him that, you have to know that in Joseph's heart and mind, he knew, based on what he was told, that this was God in the flesh. Can you imagine having a child that was God? I mean, a kid that never did anything wrong. You never had to paddle Jesus. He never did one thing wrong. Would to God we had all children like that. 
But the Bible says in Colossians, look at this verse, in him, in Jesus, when you saw Jesus, when you observed Jesus, the Bible says in him dwelleth all the fullness, not part of it, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When you observe Jesus, I talked to a lady after church this morning, she was sharing some things that she's going through with someone in her family. She said, Pastor, what do I do? I said, well, I'll be honest, when your children become adults, sometimes there's not much we can do. But I will tell you this, that what we ought to do as Christians is we ought to love them the way God wants us to love them, and that is unconditionally. Jesus was 100% God, but Joseph also saw Jesus. He observed him in his home, and he knew that although he was God, that he was 100% man. There was no denying when he watched Jesus, and, and Joseph maybe took the time as, as his father to maybe teach him the trade, teach him to work with his hands. I don't think that Jesus was a lazy man. And the Bible records for us in Luke 2, look at this, he went down, Jesus went down with them, talking about Mary and Joseph, his father and mother on this earth, and he came to Nazareth, he was subject, look at that, that was God, subject to man. He put himself in that position, shows the humility of, it, of God. He was subject unto them, and look at this, his mother, knowing about her son, she kept all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor. Notice the order, with God and man. I really think that with his father and mother, he had a, the right kind of relationship. So when you think about the Christmas story, to me it goes beyond this journey of, of life, the, the Christmas journey, it goes beyond following God's plan. They were following God, what is your plan for our lives? And they made a choice to follow God's plan, even though they didn't understand it. And there's going to be things that happen in your life that you don't understand at all, but God says, look, just trust me, follow my plan. And as we follow his plan, we are identifying with his purpose. Joseph's purpose, according to God, the word of God, was that he was to take Mary to be his wife and that he was to help her to raise the Son of God. And that's what Joseph did. And then thirdly, I see the third step, the third part of this choice is that, yes, they were following God's plan and they were identifying with God's purpose, but they were believing God's provision. Jesus Christ is God's provision. There's, there's one thing that in the Word of God that I think it's a neat study is, you know in the Old Testament where the Bible talks about how that they didn't have anything to eat and God sent something every day, what was it? Manna. He did the quail too, but he sent the manna. You remember how they were instructed that every day they were supposed to go gather up what they needed for that day, and what did they do? They gathered extra, didn't they? You see, man's always trying to do things his way. Even, even towards the Sabbath, they, they were told to gather on that particular day 
a double portion. And so some people didn't do that, so they went out on the Sabbath, and when they went out, guess what? They didn't find anything. See, God's very clear. I will provide for you, but it's going to be in my way. And we have to understand, when you think of the Christmas story, the greatest provision of Christmas is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God's provision. Matthew 1, 21, she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. This is a reason for the season is Jesus. We think about all kinds of gifts. My wife and probably her more than me, we're thinking about our grandchildren, we're thinking about our children, thinking about gifts that we wanted to get, and and sometimes because like our our daughter and her husband came and we had to kind of do things early, okay, what what can we get? We need to make sure we've got a gift for this grandchild, a gift for this grandchild, you know, and we always take care of the grandchildren first. Our kids are getting kind of bitter about that. They'll get over it. But we want to buy the right gift for just the right person. God has a provision that is for you. And that provision that's for you is for everyone. God has one provision. Jesus is still the answer to every problem in life. Whatever people are facing. You call it what you want. There's all kind, We call all kinds of things... You know what God calls it? Sin. We've got all kinds of labels, but God has a provision, and we don't, God doesn't want us to miss this gift that God has for us in this life. It's the gift or the provision of salvation, and that salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. The Bible says again, He came to save His people from their sins. Jesus didn't remain in the manger. He didn't stay there. Just like many people have, over the years, they, they would see, and I know growing up, I would see this a lot. People would have a crucifix in their home, and they would have a, have a figure hanging on that crucifixion. Can I tell you that I'm glad that when I got saved, that it was very clear to me, Jesus is no longer on the cross. When I think of a cross, I don't think of Jesus on it. He was taken down from it. He was placed in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, he rose from the, from the dead. Jesus, the, we just read the verse, he grew in favor and stature with God and men. Jesus lived a perfectly sinless life on this earth. Hebrews 4.15, the Bible says he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet he was without sin. Jesus went to the cross, and when he went to the cross, according to Isaiah and the gospel records, he went voluntarily. He laid his life down. The Bible says no greater love than a, than a friend has to lay their life down for their friends. That's what Jesus did for us. He became the provision for our sins. He came to seek and save that which was lost, and the way to be saved is to trust in God's provision. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, a person has to trust in him to acknowledge him as their Savior. He is the Son of God. He came so that he might be the provision, and we have to believe on that provision. I 
talked to a man after the service this morning that I had the, the pleasure of talking to this past week, and I had given him some things to read, and I asked him, I said, did you read that? And he said, yes, I did. I said, what would you think of it? He said, I, I, I enjoyed it. I said, well, let me ask you this. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Here's his answer. I'm getting there. That's better than a no. He said, I'm getting there. I said, what's the problem? What's keeping you? And he said, 50 years of guilt. I began to talk to him about Jesus, how he came. He came for us, as the Bible says, who have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every last one of us, we all need a Savior. Everyone does. That's what Christmas is all about. He didn't come to stay. He came to give his life. Luke 2, 11, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. It's one thing to know historically, and by the way, there is historical proof that there was a man by the name of Jesus that was born many years ago, but it's another thing not just to know in your head about him, it's another thing to know him in a personal way as your Savior. I think all of us probably know someone that doesn't know Christ as their Savior. Let's see, three important words when we think about the Christmas journey was following, identifying, and the third word is believing. How's your journey going? Are you following God's plan? Or is it about what you want? Are you identifying with God's purpose? I know what God wants me to do, and that's what I'm doing. And are you believing in God's provision? Because when I think about this Christmas journey, how God entrusted His Son, the Son of God, to this young couple to raise, to raise Him as their own. You study it out, I can't even do justice, but... When Jesus was born, it was a time when childhood mortality rates were high. He was born into a land that was occupied by a foreign army, and it was a place that was being ruled by ruthless men. And it was in this world that Mary and Joseph were to keep the Son of God safe. So what did they do? They followed God's plan. They identified with God's purpose, and they believed that he was God's provision for this world. I hope, you, I hope you're the same way in your life. As you journey towards heaven, three important things is to follow God's plan, identify with God's purpose, and to believe that Jesus Christ is heaven's provision. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? As, think, as we think about being a part of God's family, I mentioned earlier about how we need to love this world the way God loves this world. For God so loved the world that he gave. And it's Christmas time. 
I love the fact that every year as it comes around, it reminds me, brings me back to the beginning, the whole reason that we're here. You see, from eternity past, God had a plan. Jesus came from the foundation of the world. And when he came, he gave us a purpose. And as he gave us a purpose, he said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you. He will provide all our need according to his riches and glory. Aren't you glad for God's provision in his son? Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take these simple thoughts. Tonight on a Sunday evening, as we get closer to what we have recognized on a calendar as Christmas, to reflect on the journey that the mother and the earthly father Jesus had. Lord, we look at their lives and how they traveled every step of the way, 80-some miles. They dealt with the angels and the shepherds came. There was no place for them in the inn, but yet you still had a purpose. It went beyond Bethlehem. He was raised in their home. They saw the, the many mighty miracles that their son performed. And then he was put on trial for nothing that he did. Treated the way that he was treated. Never opened his mouth. Never retaliated. But he willingly laid his life down. He knew all of that would happen before he ever left heaven. To come to this earth to be born Christmas is a special time, a special time for us to remember as we journey to follow, follow your plan. We may not always understand what you're doing, but God help us to have faith in you, to identify, to know what your purpose is for us. And as we live for your purpose, we know that you're going to be with us. You'll be providing for us every step of the way. What a great reminder Christmas is, this journey that you've given to us. Thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.